This episode of Aaron's Horror Show is brought to you by, well, me. I'm going to go ahead and put some ads on this show, and I'm not going to make them as obtrusive as, say, Hulu. Hulu, you get ads that are like the same ad, and it takes two minutes to get through the same ad like four different times in a row. No, no, no. Don't want to do any of that. I want to have nice, unobtrusive, simple, short ads, and then we could get on with the show. So the first ad, I figure, I might as well be for one of my own books. I'm going to advertise Playlist of the Ancient Dead. Playlist of the Ancient Dead is a horror novel about this mysterious building that trapped people inside 40 years ago, and a team of wily investigators go in to find out what's going on with these people trapped inside. It's an interesting novel, and it's only 99 cents on Amazon Kindle, and there will be 99 cents November 20th through the 25th. So November 20th through the 25th of 2017 is where you can get it for 99 cents. And if you don't have a Kindle, it doesn't matter. Kindle has an app. If you have a phone, if you have a tablet, if you have a computer, you can probably use the Kindle and read Playlist of the Ancient Dead by Aaron Frail. Go ahead and check it out and on with the show. Ladies and gentlemen, RPA is proud to present Aaron's Horror Show with Aaron Frail. Welcome to Aaron's Horror Show. I'm a writer, musician, and filmmaker. On this show, we are going to go ahead and discuss horror and read some horror fiction. So sit back, turn out the lights, and enjoy the show. Stranger Things! Stranger Things! Stranger Things! Oh yeah, as you can tell, I'm really excited to talk about Stranger Things. Oh, by the way, you're listening to Aaron's Horror Show, and I'm your host, Aaron Frail. So... Stranger Things, let's talk about that. It's a really, really good series, in my opinion. Ah, uh, but, 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 wait, 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 before we talk about it, go watch it if you haven't seen it. We're going to be talking about spoilers today, and so I would like you to know that if you don't want to be spoiled officially by some random idiot on the internet, then go watch it. Get a Netflix account, watch all the episodes, and then come back and finish listening to this episode after you watch them. Because it's good. You don't want to, you, you really don't want to hear some random idiot on the, on the internet talk about it unless you've seen it. Uh, I, I'm, I'm really serious about that. I mean, that's one of the things I really like about the first season is that there was a really good mystery going on. It was, I, I really didn't know what was happening and and each time i learned something new it was really like kind of this really cool reveal and and going on that journey in the very first season was great and i'm going to get into that a little bit later but but before i talk about like the plot and and how well that was done i want to go ahead and just talk about why it speaks to me personally and i think that it because it was it was set in the 80s and there was a <clears throat> cast of four four children that were probably around the same age that I was in the 80s and and this goes it, it, it kind of harkens back to the movie Goonies 
the movie Goonies features all these kids that are going on this adventure. And I was that age, the same age as those Goonies. And I loved the Goonies. I wanted to be a Goonie. I wanted to go on adventures like a Goonie. And then suddenly I, I get this series that has these kids in the 80s and they're going on adventures. And like, oh my God, that's why I really, really like it. I, I, I feel for those kid characters. Well, there's not just the kid characters. There's lots of different other characters in Stranger Things, and I will talk about that. Although I might not be able to fit into this episode. I might have to do several episodes about Stranger Things. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how where this goes. Really, what I want to talk about is the fact that it spoke a lot to me. It might not speak a lot to everyone that watches it. My wife is a good example. She liked it, but she didn't love it. And I think the difference was there's a there's about a five-year age gap in between us and I'm squarely a child of the 80s like right in the middle of the 80s is when I was a child whereas you know she's a little bit of a child of the 80s a little bit of a child of the 90s and so there's a little bit of both going on there and I think that puts her in a little different category in fact she didn't even see the Goonies until you know her until we were in Oregon, and I said, hey, you know, Goonies was shot here in Oregon, and she's like, what? I'm like, you don't know what the Goonies is, you know, and eventually she saw the Goonies, and she says, yeah, it's pretty good, and and of course, that wasn't the reaction I was looking for. I was looking for the, oh my god, this is the best piece of cinema ever made, and, and you know, uh, once again, I think there's a lot to say about what you grew up with, that informs your decision later on in life. I mean, eh, that's why McDonald's really has their hooks in you, right? The Happy Meal as a kid, you loved having the Happy Meal? Great, so let's go to McDonald's later on in life. <laughs> Very insidious, isn't it? Guess what? I, I kind of like going to McDonald's. Guilty pleasure. Anyways, here nor there. So, Stranger Things. It was a really well-plotted mystery. In fact, it was so well done, the very first season, that I, I, I really wanted it to be just that. I wanted Stranger Things to be the new Twilight Zone, where they have these really good season-long type of Twilight Zone episodes that have a cool twist at the end, and then the next season you got something completely new. That's what I thought was happening when I first watched it, because I... I, I, I looked at that first season and I just couldn't think of where you can go from there. I was just thinking, wow, it's so compact. I mean, they, they figure out that there's this weird demon creature in another dimension that's hunting people. And, and bam, there you go. That's what it was all this time. And, and, and that's the twist. That's the Twilight Zone ending. How can you go further than that? Well, Stranger Things 2 did exactly that. It really just took it to another level that I really liked. And I was kind of afraid when I was watching it because I thought it wasn't going to go to that level. I thought it was not going to be that good. And only because I had been burned by another series that did the same thing that Stranger Things did in the very first season. There's this other horror science fiction series that was on Fox a while back called Wayward Pines that had a really good first season. So, spoiler alert, I'm gonna go ahead and talk about some Wayward Pines spoilers. So, if you haven't seen it, check out the first season of Wayward Pines. And if you have a good stomach for punishment, go ahead and check out the second season. So, uh, 
Wayward Pines had this really great mystery. This guy wakes up in a town and there's no crickets at night. And there's also cameras watching him and a creepy cult leader and these phones that ring before they're about to go ahead and kill someone or something like that. And there's also, by the way, these weird creatures that eat people. Uh, so yeah, very good mystery. This guy wakes up in this town and suddenly he can't get out no matter where he goes. They always drag him back in when he finally does escape. There's all these creatures around, so it's really hostile outside, and it's crazy. It's this weird mystery. What's going on? Why is he in there? Why can't he get to his wife and all this other stuff? And and eventually you find out it's because he was cryogenically frozen, and he got into the future, and in the future there's this weird cult town, and anyone else who isn't part of this cryogenically frozen cult town turned into these weird mutants that are crazy and eat people or something like that, right? I don't think they really ate people. I just think they were just really violent. But here nor there. So anyways, a really good first season. There was the Wayward Pines really just had a good sense of mystery. You had no idea what was going on. It was very intriguing. And then the second season happened. And oh my god, I... I don't really know what to say about it. I really just have no clue how to describe to you the second season other than take any bad decision you can make for writing TV and just go ahead and make a, a progressively worse decision every time you get to a new episode. And that's season two of, of Wayward Pines. Uh, now, keep in mind, Wayward Pines is based on a book. I haven't read the books, and so maybe the books are really wonderful, and maybe book two is this great thing, and somehow the people in television got a hold of it and totally messed it up. I have no idea what happened. I just know that in season two of Wayward Pines, they took everything that was good about the first season and just kind of threw it out with the trash. First off... The main character of the first season sacrifices himself, so of course he doesn't appear in the second season. And so the guy that you really invested all this time in, he's not even in there. Oh, but don't worry, they got this other dude that's just sort of like the guy that uh, they, they, they had in the first season, but he's sort of like, you know, the poor man's version of that. You know, you can't really afford to hire that better actor that was in the first season, so you just kind of get this other actor... And you're like, yeah, you'll do. You kind of look like him. And, and wait, we're just going to give you the exact same plot line. You're going to wake up and not go know what's going on in the town and have to figure out the mystery. Wait a second, we already saw that. But this time we know what's going on. So I don't know if that's the best decision there. Oh, okay, so wait. Also, the guy from the first season, his family gets in the town. So yeah, he has his family there. So maybe we could stay and watch what happens to his family after he sacrifices himself. Nope. They kill off his family pretty early on, by the way. And so now suddenly there's really very few characters that you have uh, grown accustomed to from the first season in the second season. And so now you're suddenly given these sort of odd uh, characters that you're not really invested in. And then they just start making sort of poor decision after poor decision and it really just, I don't know, it didn't work out. However, there was one mystery left in Wayward Pines. I read this in an article on the internet that I just couldn't help but share with you today. 
there was an article that said, Wayward Pine Season 2 only has one mystery left. Who made the bronze statue in the center of town? Yes, there is a bronze statue of the cult leader guy in the center of town. So if you think about it, you're a cult leader. You want to cryogenically freeze people and take them into the future and have your own cult town, which is cool. But why do you bring a bunch of bronze with you in the future? I mean, really think about it. Like, you have a limited amount of space, I'm assuming, right? You've got to only bring what you need to survive, you know? You've got to bring building materials and, and uh, you know, seeds to farm and, and livestock. And, I don't know, there's medicine. That seems all really good things to bring in the future. Bronze! How did that get in the storage? And then who also, like, decided to bring the bronze statue maker, right? Like, like I, I could see, like... I'm going to get a doctor to be in my town and maybe some people with military experience and uh, maybe I want some teachers and uh, some scientists. And, you know, I, I want to go ahead and get make sure I have everything I need to to live in this new, you know, uh, 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 town in the future. And, and, yeah, I need a statue maker, too, by the way. Yeah, I need a, I need a guy to go ahead and make a bronze statue of me, bring that in the future, right? Yeah, it makes no sense. So anyways, that's Wayward Pines 2. Stranger Things 2, however, really good. They did it. They made a second season that actually worked out really well, that I felt had a really good sense of mystery, as interesting as the first, and it was as tense, I would say, as the first. Stranger Things is one of those TV series that literally ends every episode on a cliffhanger. So it leaves you with that, you know, binge-watching mentality of, I really just want to watch the next one. In fact, my wife and I, when we were in the midst of watching Stranger Things 2, we, you know, we have a, we have a very young son. And for those of you that are parents, know that when you got a baby... Sleep is a very precious commodity. Sleep is something you value very much. And so staying up late, binge-watching television usually falls off pretty quickly when when uh, sleep is something you don't get very often. Well, that didn't happen with Stranger Things 2. We actually stayed up way late on many nights watching that series because when you get to the end of that episode, you just got to watch the next one. And so that's where I felt that they really did very well. They also deepened the mystery of this other world. So in the beginning, they kind of showed you, they kind of did what Alien did, really, when you think about it. Alien showed you there's one of these creature creatures, and then in Aliens, there's many of them. And in Stranger Things 2, that's kind of the same thing, where there's many of what was in the very first season. It also gets into a little bit of the life cycle of the creature, and it brings in an entirely new creature, a very highly intelligent creature, a very demonic creature that, of course, is trying to burst into our world. Uh, I really was thinking Cthulhu... This 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 had a very like like HP Lovecraft vibe to it where there's this like demon creature that lives uh below our world that wants to swallow us whole and eat the planet. That's what really the creature in, in, in Stranger Things 2 reminded me of. It was a very Cthulhu type of creature. I mean it 
it wasn't a little thing with tentacles or something like that if that's what you're thinking it was it was a very unique creature in itself it it just had the same sort of you know super intelligent uh but also very evil vibe to it and i appreciated that uh i also appreciated about the series is that the cast of characters was very diverse i guess i'm getting into it in this uh particular episode uh actually let me look at that time here Ooh, no sorry folks we are getting that time if i want to read a story i'm gonna have to go ahead and cut it off here so characters of stranger things i will get into it i think one of the great things about that series is the fact that you know i mentioned the four kids that i really felt like they were the characters for me i felt that there was lots of other characters for other folks in there uh as well in the sense that uh it's not just the kids that it's centering on it's a whole group of people within this town and uh it's a very interesting what they do with that dynamic uh and that's that that really is a big discussion for another episode so i'm going to have to i'm going to have to cut it here guys and gals and and dogs if anyone has their dog listening and and maybe some gerbils or hamsters or cats or whoever happens to be ghosts yeah you got a ghost listening to this hey otherworldly creature welcome to the podcast so anyways i haven't gotten any stories yet from you listeners but that's okay because i'm recording this maybe only two days after the first episode aired so yeah probably not a lot of stories coming in so guess what that means that means you're getting chapter three of tuners yes so chapter three of tuners coming up after this break oh and there's not going to be any ads in this break because you already heard about playlist of the ancient dead so why am i going to give you more ads no i'm just going to go ahead and give you a little break and then come right into tuners so chapter three of tuners up next I was thinking during the break that season two of Wayward Pines is a lot like Gilmore Girls. Except if you took Gilmore Girls and like killed all the main characters in the Gilmore Girls and then had Jared Padalecki like be the star of the next season. That That's kind of like what they did in Wayward Pines season two. Just thought I'd share that. Anyways, let's read some tuners. Chapter three. The next day in class, John was half asleep. The sub was showing some boring documentary about a computer beating Jeopardy. His best friend, Rashawn, flicked a paper football at John's head. John snorted and sat up. You're falling asleep, Rashawn laughed. Does anyone care about some stupid robot winning a game? You're going to take over and rule us anyways one day, John scoffed. Meow. Somebody woke up on the wrong side of the bed today. My parents grounded me last night. Ah, oh, shit, dog, Rashawn said. You brought a girl home. 
He said it louder than a whisper, and the substitute teacher looked up from his book. Both John and Rashawn made it look like they were doodling in their notebooks. After the sub was satisfied that no funny business was going on, he lowered his head back into his book. What's her name? Rashawn whispered. Dude, what's your problem? John said. It wasn't a chick. Just a mall cop. He caught me doing some tricks at the mall. Did you get it on YouTube? Tell me you got it on YouTube. No. Well, why the hell were you skating at the mall then? There's tons of parts where cops don't hassle you. His voice got louder again, and they had to pretend they weren't talking for a while. Once the sub's nose was back in a book again, they continued. I was trying to impress a girl, okay? Ah, oh, shit! I knew it was a girl! Rashawn couldn't constrain himself. The sub stood from his desk and walked to the back of the classroom. He pulled out a chair and set it near them. He sat down with the book and waited. They were silent for the rest of the class. Rashawn had pestered all day while at school about Abby. John didn't say much about the encounter, so Rashawn just had to assume all the nasty things he could think of. If John were to believe everything his friend said, his friend would be getting sex like every night of the week with one girl or another. In reality, John knew that Rashawn was having just about as, about as much sex as John was, somewhere between zero and none. Still, John couldn't talk much about it. You know, his friends would think him crazy if he, if he told him about disappearing girls and all this crazy stuff. So, you know, he just let Rashawn think that they were boyfriend and girlfriend. Not that he wouldn't mind Abby being his girlfriend. Although, girls like Abby always had some boyfriend in college with a chiseled jaw and a football scholarship. Still, he couldn't help but think of her. Knowing that she was out there somewhere was almost a worse punishment than a grounding. Being grounded he meant, meant that he just sat around in his room. Like tonight. His father was still upholding the grounding. And so sitting in his room took on this whole new meaning when he had this girl on the brain. He, he just couldn't sit there for too long. He, he would just think about her. An image would just pop up in his head. So he decided he needed to get out. But since he couldn't leave the house to go see his friends, he decided to go down in the basement instead. On the way, he passed the garage. He could hear his father tinkering around in the workshop. His father was always in the workshop. He could be in there for an entire night or sometimes just 15 minutes. His dad seemed to be in there a lot more, though, after Mom died. It was a plane crash coming back from China. John remembered being at the airport when it happened and being shuffled around by all these government workers. John and his father had to stay in a facility for a couple days after it happened. They wouldn't let him and his dad go home while they sorted out the mess. Not that he wanted to go home. He was at the age where he half expected to see his mom and his sister walk in at any moment. Both and his sister and his mom died in the same accident. It would have been his whole family if a work project didn't get John and his dad back earlier. His dad was an independent contractor. He programmed software, built prototypes, took on miscellaneous tech jobs. John wanted to be with his dad and help with the project even though it was a circuit board prototype where, where John really couldn't do anything but watch. He was still at the age where he'd light up with joy from the stuff that would come out of that garage. His dad rescheduled the tickets for a couple days earlier. He even let John solder a transistor or two. It was much more fun than being pinched on the cheek by Grandma. 
He smelled funny and always bossed around the whole family. The day his mom and his younger sister were going to touch down at the airport, they heard it on the news before they heard it from the authorities. Crash landing at San Francisco International. John's mother and sister had a layover in San Francisco before coming back to the Midwest. John wondered sometimes if he didn't like going to the garage anymore because that was where he heard his father cry. He heard his father cry at the funeral. It wasn't much of a stigma to cry for in, in Chinese funerals as, as it was for Americans. People showed their respect by crying. But afterwards, his father tried to hold it together for John's sake, you know, just like a good American. Don't show any emotions. He would come to the garage and, and he would hear sobbing. He would, his father would cry out of John's sight. And John didn't really know what to do about it, so he just walked away. Today, he heard cursing coming from that garage. There was a loud crash, followed by a few shouts from his father. John rushed past the door to the basement. He pushed it open and flipped the light switch. The stairs creaked as he made his way down. The basement was mostly boxes stacked around a furnace. The only place without boxes was this little alcove with a white sink and a washer and dryer. Most of the clutter was his mom's old junk. His dad couldn't get rid of it, just like he couldn't remarry. It was like his dad had nothing to do but work and pester his son. John rummaged through the boxes, and then he saw one with a label, Ying's Books. If he remembered correctly, his sister had inherited his childhood book collection when he had outgrown them. All the Berenstain Bears books should be in her collection. <laughs> or Berenstain, if you believe that crackpot internet theory. He used his house key to crack the tape on the box. There was an old, musty smell of something that hadn't been opened in years. It assaulted his nose, and he coughed and began to pull out the books. There were all sorts of titles he remembered as a kid. Some were in English, others were in Chinese. He remembered his mother reading some of them. When he finally got down to the Berenstain collection, he dropped the pile he had been holding in his arm. The title on the book wasn't Berenstain at all. It was Berenstain. No way, John said to no one. He pulled his phone from his trousers and searched the internet, Amazon, Google, just about every shopping site. For, they, they all had Berenstain books. There were no Berenstain books anywhere. He typed in Berenstain misprint, hoping that it was just some rare collector's item, but got nothing. The Berenstain books didn't exist at all. They had all been spelled with an A. According to the internet, they had always been spelled with an A. John grabbed all the ones that were spelled with an E and gathered them all, and he walked out of the basement loaded with books by, that, by all accounts, shouldn't exist. Alright, that was chapter 3 of Tuners. I uh, want to go ahead and leave you with an update before I uh, let you go. I had a listener reach out to me and, to and she told me a story uh, about her and her boyfriend. Uh, they went to go see the Blair Witch Project 
And uh, they got so sick by the, you know, motion of the camera in that movie that they couldn't leave the theater. They were just lying on the ground, like, really sick. And the date, you know, that they had planned uh, going to see the Blair Witch Project didn't really work out. So, you know, maybe for myself and the fact that when, you know, I, I kind of missed that opportunity of seeing the Blair Witch Project on a date, maybe that was actually for the better. Uh, maybe it was destined to fail, you know, uh, food for thought. Anyways, go ahead and if you want to get a hold of me, it's uh, Aaron's Horror Show at gmail.com, Aaron's Horror Show on Facebook, and Aaron Horror Show on Twitter. Go ahead and send me your stories, send me your questions. If you have any questions, I'm happy to do the research and, and see if I could answer them on the show. All right, well, have a good night. Mm -hmm.